Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, August the 5th. And your Philadelphia Phillies have won four games in a row. How about it? And granted... Not the stiffest competition, one against the Pirates, three against the Nats. But you know what? We'll take it. <laughs> four roads, four road wins in a row. How about that? They just won a four-game road series. Let's go. A chance to sweep today. Let's go. Okay. Um, look, uh, uh, this is uh, one of those things with this Phillies team where are we jumping right back in again? Uh, I... Uh, it's just been that kind of season we talked about so many times, the up and down nature, the the remarkable average consistency that they have shown, but they are on a hot streak right now. They've won four straight. They've won three in a row in this series against Washington. And look, now's when you get hot, right? Now's the time to get hot. Granted, both the Mets and Braves win last night, so the division stays the same. Phillies one and a half back, Braves two and a half back, but... This three-team race is going to be real. It feels like it's really going to be real. It's really going to come down the home stretch and and I I think we have a chance to watch some exciting September baseball. I do think that things are starting to click a little bit for this Phillies team. Obviously the key to that and we'll get into the the specifics of it but Bryce Harper's just been amazing. I I mean this has been the the version of Bryce Harper that we hoped that we were getting when we paid him 330 million dollars signed that contract. Like this is it. The 970-something OPS Bryce Harper. He's been awesome. He's banged 306. I mean, ridiculous. Ridiculous awesomeness from Bryce Harper this season. Dude has just been totally locked in. As uh, Again, batting 306. He's got a 417 on base and a 557 slugging. He has the third highest OPS in baseball. You know who's the first two? Ronald Acuna and Fernando Tatis. Acuna done for the year. Tatis maybe done for the year. Certainly done for a bit. Bryce Harper's throwing his hat in the MVP conversation. That's what he's doing. 
that's what Bryce is doing. Just saying. I mean, in the end, I think he's got a lot of ground to make up to win it. And also, obviously, the Phillies would absolutely have to win the division for him to win it. But crazier things have happened. If Bryce keeps it up, he is really on pace to have a special, special season. And I know we've talked about it, Tom, but it really does just you think about it and you say, wow, if he had not get hit in the face, what happens? Like, are we sitting here right now saying Bryce Harper is the absolute MVP frontrunner if he doesn't get hit in the face? Because there's a good chance we are. There's a real chance that we're sitting here saying, wow, we're on our way to an MVP season for Bryce. And again, we still might be. Even with him getting hit in the face, he's found his way back and just has been phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal for this team. Everything you want from Bryce Harper all over the base paths, too. Been stealing bases, been just absolutely phenomenal. Like, can't ask for more from Bryce Harper. If this keeps up, it could end up being a really special, special season for Bryce Harper. And numbers-wise, it certainly has been so far. And last night, yet again, helped them win a big game. You know, Harper goes 3-for-5 last night. Two runs, two RBI, and and big hits. You know, my man had big hits, Bryce, says he uh, has... Really just continue to do Hoskins, a big night last night. Hoskins goes two for four with three RBI, two runs scored, including a massive home run. An RBI double to take the lead, a massive shot that they needed to help kind of extend the lead, which turns out, you know, they would need those runs as expected. Um, Still win at nine to five, but just in general, a uh, phenomenal showing from the offense. This was one of those games where the Phillies went down early and then battled took the lead, and then instead of just kind of sitting on it, knowing you got iffy at best pitching going in this game, they kept adding and adding and adding and ended up winning 9-5. to Like, wow. <laughs> it felt like a good baseball team for a night, right? And that's what the good teams do. They add to their lead and they, they don't sweat it out at the end. Phillies did that last night. It was almost... Shocking. I almost didn't know how to react in the moment. Let's go through the game, and then we'll get more into Harper and, and some of the stats uh, that, that he's put up, which has been so impressive. Um, but as I said, Phillies get out to an early deficit. Chase Anderson doing Chase Anderson things. Anderson, in the end, like goes four innings, three runs, three hits, one walk. Only 55 pitches to get through running, so was efficient with the pitches that didn't get out of, hit out of the ballpark. The only problem was... Uh, three solo shots. You know, Lucky Noah's on base. Robles homers to start the game. Garcia homers in the second inning. Keyboom homers also in the second inning. And you're, and you're down three nothing. And then Anderson settled in, gives you four. You know, it's it's four innings, three runs is not good. But for Chase Anderson, it's acceptable. I guess is the word right. Um, but again, then then comes the third inning and the Phillies battle and they battle with with some hits. You know. An RBI double from Travis Jankowski. An RBI double from Gene Segura. It's 3-2 all of a sudden. Then our boy Bryce, RBI single. Bryce uh, has just done such a good job this year of not forcing the the power, not forcing, trying to lift the ball. Bryce, it feels like every game is is taking a pitch to the opposite field and just kind of going with it and, and slapping it and doing whatever it takes to get hits, to get on base, to drive runners home. It's been awesome. It's been absolutely awesome to see. Bryce really just locked in from a hitting perspective, putting the bat on the ball. This was a big RBI single here. And then Reese an RBI double, rips one to right. We know Reese is locked in when he's banging that ball to right. Makes it 4-3. 
you got the lead, but you got Chase Anderson. Doesn't feel like you're going to have the lead for long. And then the fifth inning rolls around, and our boy Reese Hoskins, bomb. A two-run shot, scores to him, and Harper score on that one. It's 6-3. to three. You're feeling good. J.D. Hammer comes in, gets out of a jam, two-thirds of an inning. Uh, excuse me. Gets two outs, gets into a jam. Two on Juan Soto at the plate. Tying run at the plate. And his name is Juan Soto. And who does Joe Girardi go to in this spot? Matt freaking Moore! Shows you how, how lack of how much lack of left-handed relief depth this team is. One of the you know reasons I didn't love moving Suarez to the rotation. But you know, that's it. Alvarado Moore. Yikes, dude, not cool. Uh, but who'd have thunk it? Matt Moore, Matty Moore comes in and gets a massive out, gets Juan Soto to ground out to end the inning. And honestly, I think when you look back at the game, that was the moment. That was the biggest moment. It was never as close again. That was the only spot where it felt like, oh, here we go. Soto's definitely hitting a three-run homer here, right? I mean, I think Every single Phillies fan watching that game last night when Matt Moore came in to face Juan Soto as the tying run in a 6-3 ball game, every single one of us thought Juan Soto was going yard. We all remembered it was like a week ago. Soto hit that unbelievable opposite field shot against Matt Moore that just kept going and going and going and going. It just felt like it was going to happen. I, I was so confident. And then all of a sudden, Matt Moore gets the big out. Matt Moore ends up going four innings, gives up two runs. The other run he gave up was in the ninth. Um, uh, but the Phillies add, which is the beautiful thing. Moore gets out of that inning. We get to the seventh. Didi Gregorius, first homer in what felt like forever for Didi, makes it 8-3. to three. Matt Moore would give up a home run the next inning. Uh, bottom inning, make it 8-4. But then the Phillies add another, another Bryce Harper double. Just boom, no problem. Scores another 9-4. to four, And then Moore gets into a little trouble in the ninth. I... I don't get this at all. Uh, runner on, you're up nine to five after a run is scored, and and uh, Joe Girardi goes to Ian Kennedy for one out. Zero sense there. Zero. Kennedy throws two pitches, gets out of the inning. Like nice, cool, but like, why are you using Ian Kennedy in that spot? Why? What are you doing? Like Joe Girardi's bullpen usage has been just mystifying continuously. Honestly, it's. One of my bigger concerns going into the final stretch of the season here is we are now two-thirds of the way through the season. We have one-third to go. Last night was the 108th game. We are sitting here two-thirds of the way through this baseball season. It is literally the stretch run now. It's the final third. It's go time. And I'm terrified of Joe Girardi's bullpen usage. And look, I get it. Doesn't have a lot of options. I mean, last night, they won a game where before they go to Ian Kennedy— where, where they got eight and two-thirds outs from Chase Anderson, J.D. Hammer, and Matt Moore. They won that game. They won it. I mean, if I had said to you a month ago, hey, here's a baseball game where you're going to get eight and two-thirds from Chase Anderson, Matt Moore, and J.D. Hammer, I would have said, oh, so they lost 15 to two? Is that the, oh, maybe they scored more runs, 15 to six, 15 to nine? I definitely wouldn't have thought they win the game 9-5, to I'll tell you that much. So, when you have those arms, I get it. I understand that Joe Girardi doesn't have a ton of options to go to. It's not like he's, you know, like, oh, let me let me choose. Should I go to my, my great lefty, my great right now? I get it. Not great options out there. Honestly, I mean, when you think about the bullpen right now, I mean, guys you trust, 
And Ian Kennedy, I mean, we don't even know yet, but I think, you know, Ian Kennedy I trust more than others because I've seen him be good in Texas and all that. But certainly Girardi's usage of Kennedy has been insane. <laughs> I mean, again, like bring him into that 50-2 game instead of the night before. We already talked about how disastrous a decision that was. And then, it just why? Why are you bringing him into the game last night? It makes no sense. You got another game today, a 405 start. You got a series with the Mets coming up this weekend. It just, I, I was... Uh, mystified, mystified, and again, so so I get it. The players you you trust, it's it's basically Archie Bradley, Hector Neris, and Ian Kennedy, and Hector. It's not like we're fully, fully, fully trusting Hector. I'm just starting to trust him more. He's been better lately, but that but that doesn't mean I fully trust him. And Archie has been good. Like I feel pretty confident when Archie comes in the game, and even then, he's not like flawless, as we know. Um, but outside of that, I mean, like, Brogdon hurt on the IL. You know, he was somebody kind of trusted. Alvarado couldn't trust less. Matt Moore obviously don't trust. J.D. Hammer, who's been really good. For what it's worth, J.D. Hammer is not allowed to run in six outings. Don't trust him. <laughs> and yell, couldn't trust someone less. I mean, you look, you go through the bullpen, it's just uh, a lot of guys you don't trust. That's kind of my issue. And again, if Ranger turns into a really good start for this team and you can roll out, Especially when Eflin's back, if you can roll out a rotation of of Wheeler, Moore, Nola, or excuse me, freaking slip, please no more. Of Wheeler, Wheeler, Nola, Gibson, Eflin, Suarez, like that's that's some good stuff. And then you make the playoffs and you put Suarez back in the bullpen, like yeah, okay, let's go. I could take that. And especially look if Eflin's out longer, and they're talking about the end of August now, hopefully for Eflin. I mean that's not ideal. So if Eflin's out longer, like I get it. Okay, I'm not in love with putting Suarez in the rotation, but when you're talking about the fact that Matt Moore or Chase Anderson is still going to have to start a game in this situation, you know, I get it. All right, I get it, because then you're talking about both both Matt Moore and, and Chase Anderson starting games will often out. So do you think the Suarez thing, as much as I've ripped it, I do think it is potentially a, a response to the Eflin injury and their knowledge of the Eflin injury as much as anything, which is nerve-wracking. I mean, that's concerning. Um, but man, you know, I think we're at a spot where, and, and look, if you had to choose of the three facets of the game between the offense, the pit, starting pitching and the bullpen, you want the bullpen to be the worst of the three. If you had to choose, right? Like flat out, the other two are more important, but we're back to the bullpen being the biggest question mark about this team. And then when you add in Joe Girardi's decision-making with the bullpen and the, the, where he uses guys, where he refuses to use guys days in a row, this and that, all that type of stuff. It's, um, it's a concern. The bullpen's a concern, and Girardi's usage of the bullpen is going to be a concern. It's going to be one of our bigger issues over the, the final third of the season, and I have to hope hope that guys get out, hope that Hector Neris really can get back to what he was earlier because that's a, that's a key. If you're looking at guys who over the last third of the season really could contribute in a in a meaningful way and, and be an X-factor type player, I think Hector Neris absolutely on that list. If you're saying you trust Archie, you trust Ian Kennedy, you need that third guy at minimum. And then Alvarado, too. I mean, if Alvarado could not suck, wouldn't that be magical? Um, but I don't think we're going to trust Alvarado. If nothing else, he might have good outings like he did the other night when he got the save. Um, but I don't think we'll ever see Alvarado come to game and be like, feel great! Know that guy's going to throw strikes and get outs. We don't. We all know that. But um, they're lacking. I think he's a good way to put it in the... Uh, in the bullpen, they are they are definitely definitely lacking. Um, so you know it's a concern. It's a concern moving forward, but ultimately, um, 
you do feel good about where the team is at otherwise from an offensive perspective, the way they're playing. If Reeves can kind of get hot here while McCutcheon's out, I mean, how big would that be? I mean, that would be massive. We've talked a lot about McCutcheon being out and what an issue that's going to be for this team. Um, if Reeves can can heat up here, and obviously had the big night last night, that would be huge. Reeves, 23 homers on the season, lo- leads the team. McCutcheon is second with 20, but obviously out right now. Reeves also leading the team in RBI at 63. Hoskins... OBP up to 325, still way, way too low for him, but, um, you know, 495 slugging's okay. We're getting there. We're getting to that 500 mark. Uh, but, again, when you when you talk about numbers, when you talk about um, carrying this team offensively, Bryce Harper, again, going through the numbers, three, uh, 24 homers for Hoskins, excuse me. Uh, uh, Harper just been so, so impressive this season. Um, again, with the 306 average. The 970 plus OPS, uh, 17 homers, 39 RBI, you know, partially because of the injury, partially because he's not been homering quite as much. 12 stolen bases on the season, 59 runs scored, leads the team. Um, Harper's just been awesome. And again, when you look at where he ranks in terms of some of those national numbers, OPS particularly, I mean, that, that's that's special stuff. And since, you know, the last few weeks has been the best hitter in baseball, leading in, in the vast majority of categories, you know, outside of, of home runs. Um, this is the year of Bryce Harper, potentially. And if he can carry this team offensively to the playoffs, I mean, that would really be something. And that would be something that, that um, you know, a lot of us have been hoping for and waiting for for Bryce to, to really be the Bryce Harper that they sign. And look, you know, I think the offense is, is kind of finding a bit of a groove. Segura, it looked like he tweaked something last night. Let's hope he's all right. Obviously, that is... So massively important that he's okay. Um, batting 310 on the season, the 370 OBP has been phenomenal. 370 OBP, 460 slugging, um, and 870 OPS. Uh, that is uh, strong. Excuse me, not 870. That's horrible math. I mean, 830 OPS, but that's still really good for a, a second baseman. Phenomenal. Uh, Travis Jankowski batting 299. Jankowski. Uh, has also been really nice. You know, you go through the line, you feel pretty good. Hoskins, again, if he can get on a little hot screen Didi cannot stink. That would be amazing. Didi homering last night. Boom. Boom's average quietly up to 253 all of a sudden. Just hovering around Mendoza all of a sudden. He's had a, uh, now the OBP still at 312, not, not that good. The the slugging at 350 is horrendous. But Boom starting to put the bat on the ball a little better. Um, You like to see it. Obviously, JT's been hot, not in the lineup last night. They didn't need him, but he's been hot. Um, the offense is coming around. I think you're feeling pretty good about where this team is starting at offensively. Jankowski, by the way, I mean, for, plays great defense, too, which, as we talked about yesterday, just, just having guys who play good defense seems like such a miracle. Um, it shouldn't, but it does. Um, but uh, talk about a guy who, you know, we've talked about it, but, but um, I mean, the most ignominious, horrendous first impression anyone has ever made, in my opinion, on the Philadelphia Phillies, but that just... Unbelievable still to this day, uh, you know, gaff on the base pass, not moving, getting tagged out by the catcher. But, man, has he turned it around? I don't remember anyone ever making such a horrible first impression and then becoming as 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 integral to a season as, as this guy has. Charlie Manuel, I guess, is manager of the Phillies. You could say that. Um, he turned that around pretty quick. Um, but it is rare to see someone come in and just make such a awful, Awful first impression, and then really become an important member of the team. I mean, Jankowski is valuable 
for this team. Plays a great center field and, and is kind of a spark plug guy in the lineup and hits at the top. At the bottom, doesn't really matter. He comes through, gets on base, gets hits, gets timely hits. Um, certainly better than Odubel. I don't think there's any question that when McCutcheon comes back, I think Jankowski's the starting center fielder and Odubel will be mixed in, but Jankowski's been a better player. And, uh, you know, man, uh, what a turnaround. What a win Travis Jankowski has been for this Phillies team, really. A valuable guy to have. Um, unexpected, but very valuable. Um, all right, uh, we'll look ahead to today's massive game, Nola on the Hill. Um, Nola's been good his last few outings of This is a big spot for Aaron Nola. Can he keep the train rolling? Can they get to five wins in a row? The magical number. The magic number, five wins in a row. Uh, They won four straight. Can they sweep a four-game road series? That is something that does not happen often for this group of Phillies. Um, So in a good spot, we'll look ahead to today's massive game in a sec. But um, yesterday, um, the Phillies... 2022 schedule was released. How about that? A look ahead to what next season will look like. As you know, we still got a fun one left this year, but um, just some highlights uh, since it was released. And obviously, we'll talk more in depth about this as you know, we head into next year and all that. But um, uh, you open in Houston. How about that? Uh, getting a chance to finally go to Houston, we'll get a chance to at least at home looking at our TV sets. Boo. Houston Astros, they do that stupid thing again where the game uh, first game is March 31st and they have an off day April 1st. Even though they're playing in Houston, why do you need an off day for rain there? Explain it to me, please, somebody. I hate it. There's nothing worse than having an opening day and then having to wait a day. So stupid, but open with three in Houston with the off day. Then um, two in Washington. There's a really weird schedule. They're really, really working in for rainouts, it looks like. So their schedule starts next year with... Uh, March 31st, then off day, then two against Houston, then off day again, uh, then, excuse me, then a game against Washington, then off day, then a game against Washington, then an off day. You have three off days in the first six games. It makes no, it's 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 so stupid. I hate the way baseball does this. Just schedule games in warmer places, like Houston, where there's a freaking dome, if they want it. It's just crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Schedule games in warmer places, isn't that hard? So uh, then you have the off days, and then a a nice little stretch. First home games, you open the season. How about this? Against the former Philadelphia team themselves, Oakland coming to town. So your first, uh, uh, how about this? I mean, uh, six of your first eight games are against Houston and Oakland. Weird. Then finally some, some familiar opponents, the Mets, come to town after that. Then you go to Miami, go to Colorado, home from Milwaukee and Colorado. At least in terms of matchups, other than start uh, pretty easy April, it looks like, because then you got Milwaukee, then Colorado again at home, so you get your seven against Colorado out of the way in the month of April. Uh, you like that. You got Texas coming to town in May. Um, a road trip to Seattle and Los Angeles. That'll be something. The Padres and Los Angeles come to May, so you get all your Dodgers games out of the way in May. Uh, month of June doesn't look too bad. You got some Texas, some Arizona in there. The AL West, tough at the top, easy at the bottom, you would think. Again, we're, we're projecting into next year. Uh, July, looks like the All-Star break will be the week of July 18th. Uh, so a week later, it seems, than it normally is. Um, normal schedule in July, heading into August. Then you get into September, October. Yet again, we will go into October like they do this year. Uh, the last day of the season will be uh, in Washington, uh, on August the 2nd. So two straight years the Phillies will finish on the road. They're finishing out their season this year on the road, their last six. Next year, too, they will finish out um, with three in Chicago and then three in Washington to end the season. Their final homestand of the season will be two against Toronto and then four against Atlanta prior to that. 
As the last month, here's how the last month plays out. Three in San Francisco after three in, in Arizona prior to that. So that's good and bad. And who knows what San Francisco is next year. But then you come home. Uh, and this, I'm assuming, will be a really important stretch of NL East baseball as they have three at home versus Miami, three at home versus Washington. Then you go to Miami for three and go to Atlanta for three before finally finishing out with the homestand with Toronto and Atlanta and then Chicago and Washington. So the last month, in general, is scheduled again. And, you know, who knows what teams are going to look like. But based on what we saw at the end of this year and the teams selling, the teams that weren't necessarily all in, you got a lot of them. That last month, you got Washington, you got Miami, you got Chicago, the Cubs, you got Washington again. It's really Atlanta, Toronto, and San Francisco, the only teams you kind of fear there. Um, but on the whole, you know, again, and, and this is, uh, you know, way too early and, and we don't really know anything, but not too bad. I feel pretty good about the 2022 schedule just on first glance. All right, back to the 2021 schedule again, just a massive one tonight, or today, I should say, afternoon game 405. Aaron Nola against Joe Ross, Ross back from the IL. Ross has been pretty good. At times, and, and struggled to others, but but clearly has talent. Um, is a fun one and a big one today. If Nola can go out and give him something, give him an Aaron Nola performance to be so big as they come home this weekend for the biggest series of the season. Phillies, Mets, Kyle Gibson against Marcus Stroman in the first one. Ranger Suarez against Taylor McGill, who's been very good for them in the second one. And then Zach Wheeler against Taiwan Walker, who's been struggling in the Sunday game. You feel good. You got Wheeler going in this series. You got Gibson going in this series. Let's go. We could be in first place by the end of the weekend. Think about that. I mean, theoretically, we could be in first place in two days um, if things break right, but but definitely could be in first place after the weekend. So massive series, massive game for Nola tonight, this afternoon. Big, big spot here for the Phils. Can they carry this over? Can they actually go on a little winning streak? What? Is that possible? Wouldn't that be something? Either way, whatever happens, we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.